Welcome once again to the So Weird Podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Kathy. I'm Emily. And I'm Kat. Tonight we are talking about So Weird, episode 37, episode season 2, 24, Encore. And this is basically the clip show edition of So Weird. Now, I'm assuming everybody listening to this probably knows what a clip show is. But for the uninitiated, I will explain. A clip show is an episode. Uh, so Weird did something a little different with uh, their quote-unquote clip show. And it's actually less less previous material than I remembered it being. <laughs> I was reading the, the FAQ, and they had asked John Cooksey about this episode. So they asked him, how did the entire Encore episode come about? What was its real purpose? Was it so Molly could see Rick, for Molly to play songs, just a fill-in episode? And he answered, we had to do a cheap episode to compensate for other expensive episodes we'd done, which was almost all of them. Mm. And Larry Sugar, the other executive producer, wanted to do a clip show where you just see clips of previous shows. But I hated the idea of doing something that wasn't story-related then I got the idea of using the clips to make music videos out of songs at one of Molly's performances, which made a lot of work for our editors, mm-hmm. but only required three days of shooting instead of five. Larry directed it and did a great job. It became a way to show newcomers to the series how much we'd done, and also to associate images with the words in Molly's songs. From a series story perspective, it was Fee's frustration after hearing about her father's death from the Wisp and Molly beginning to feel like Fee's obsession is unhealthy. Molly doesn't actually see Rick at the end, but she senses his presence, or thinks she does. I wanted the audience to see Rick again before Twin and give a sense he was watching over his family. All right, well, that pretty much tells you most of the things you need to know, doesn't it? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) This episode was so beautifully done, and the balance between having it be a cheap clip show and having that story arc revolving around Fee and trying to get closer to Rick and find out more about the truth about what happened. Last time we talked about Destiny, and we see that sense where Fiona just got this big hint that her father was taken before his time, taken directly out of the body before the car even hit in the accident. So she's getting like all these hints and she wants to follow up, and it's so frustrating for her that Molly pulls the plug on the tour. Yeah, this is really, for being the quote-unquote filler episode, is really pivotal to the emotional arc of the season. Because, I mean, it's very much all about Fiona feeling this connection with her father and becoming more and more obsessed with pursuing the supernatural and her brother and mother's reaction to this. Um, And, yeah, uh, Kat said it, you know, Molly's reaction is to cut the tour short, the tour that the whole series has been obtensely built around. Yeah, Fee's like super passionate about finding out about Rick's, you know, his last days and her connection with him. And um, I can understand like how Jack says, like, you know, you're acting like this all kind of crazy, like right before, you know, she's performing and all that. Yeah, and there is a pretty much one scene devoted to Jack and Fiona in this episode that works really well. Nice little heart to heart they have. Yeah, I, I like that scene a lot, too. I've put it in a few gift sets on Tumblr because I, I think it's a really important moment because, as Kat, Kathy said, I can see where both of them are coming from. I mean, 
he obviously is desperate to connect with her dad and find out more about him. But I understand why Jack is frustrated with her and why he thinks that she's not going about, you know, investigating the right way by trying to drag Molly into it when she doesn't seem to want to be involved. I love how you rubber stamp your approval of something by making a gift set of it. Oh, <laughs> several, several. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Molly has some really great moments in this episode. I mean, she's really motivated by concern for her children, for her family. And that has been her driving force throughout the whole series. And it really comes into focus in this episode. Uh, what do we think of that opening narration scene, which is a little different from what we're usually getting? I oh, love nice. getting that background story from Molly talking about learning how to play the piano with her father and trying to get the keys right. It seems like so sweet. And I love how it's like an interview setup. Where, like you could imagine this being like a Molly Phillips VHS about her tour. <laughs> yeah, it's so real like a bumper on a Molly Phillips uh, concert VHS tape. It it feels very natural, like she's really just sitting there talking to someone. I wonder if any of it was like ad libbed by Mackenzie or I mean, because remember, mentions... like we already had the episode Banshee, so we've already seen the relationship between her and her dad. Yeah, and as we hear in the song, she sells later on in the right. episode. Um, Molly, you know, definitely did listen to her dad play the piano as a mm -hmm. kid. Yeah, and you know, for a quote-unquote clip episode, I feel like this is actually pretty well done. I love when they get to end the darkness, and I guess this is the first time we've heard that song in its entirety in the show. Yeah, uh, still not in its entirety. They're missing oh. a uh, a verse, verse. I think. I'm not sure how many of you guys remember, but in the early days of So Weird season one. They used to play In the Darkness, like a music video of it on Disney Channel, and the song was much slower and fuller. Right. I have uh, vague recollections of Mackenzie standing in a spooky staircase holding a candelabra, yes? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, and I love that during that song, all the clips are the spooky supernatural scenes from the show. Yeah, it was the this song was like the weird stuff. Like every song had a, a theme, kind of. Like, um, She Sells was like their goofy, happy times. Right, and I love it. When they play She Sells, they get to that line about how you're going to hear it until you're dead. And that point, they show clips from Boo, where everybody's dressed up like zombies. It's like, ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> very, very on the nose there, editor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why I really love that comment about how they intentionally tried to make this like a music video. And it reminds me of, like, really primitive fan vids that used to be on YouTube in, like, 06, 07, when I first started getting into it. You are so young. When, like, you just, Watching fan you, videos on YouTube. <laughs> Bitch, I downloaded that shit off of peer-to-peer -peer websites back in the day. <laughs> Talk to me about downloading AMVs at 5 o'clock in the morning off of LimeWire, you know? <laughs> Get on my level. I'm kidding. <laughs> But yeah, it reminds me of those when you're working with Windows Movie Maker. Oh, yeah. Just straight out, clip, 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 trying to match the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, have any of you ever tried to, like, make a fan vid where the characters' mouths moving match the lyrics? Those are those are tricky, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I leave that to yeah. people who have skill like Kat. <laughs> More patience. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, like, they open with More Than a River, which is mostly devoted to scenes of, I mean, they show scenes of Molly and Rick, 
obviously, which is what that song is pretty clearly about. And then uh, when they play, yeah, She Sells is mostly sort of the more lightweighted, goofy moments. And we do get flashbacks from when they were playing that song earlier in the season. You know, we have heard that one a lot over the course of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more than any other, I feel like. Yeah, and I thought it was funny watching now that when that song comes up, and I like that song. It's not my favorite, you know, uh, McKenzie Phillips number, but I do like it. But when it comes up, everybody cheers like, oh, man, I've been waiting to hear this one. It's like, uh, you know, just go back to Strange Geometry or any of the other episodes that have played that song. <laughs> that must be like her number one hit single. Apparently, yeah. yeah. Uh, I always, you know, her burning up the adult contemporary charts, I'm sure, playing in dentist offices all over the country. Um, yeah, and I guess we don't have really too much to say about the episode itself. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, Fiona has excellent curly hair in this one. I noticed that. <laughs> Chuck, the bass player, gets a lot to do, comparatively. He, he, he has a line. Yeah. He said, we did blow them away in the first set, so congrats, Chuck. Yeah, Dino Dinocolo got his uh, SAG card for that, I hope. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, I feel like everybody kind of has their shining moment in this episode. Because yeah. we do get some more great background info about Ned when Fiona threatens to go off hitchhiking when Molly first announces that she's canceling the rest of the tour. And like you have Jack there trying to convince her not to do it. And then she's like, well, if Ned could go cross country when he was 16, why can't I? And then Ned tries to explain like why it's a bad idea, and he just can't. Yeah, he has no counter. <laughs> yeah, we actually get a lot of really fun Ned moments in this episode. There's that one. There's the one where he's trying to convince uh, somebody like, hey, you know, uh, Kiss is going on tour in Russia. Can I get on that real quick? Yeah. <laughs> um, or at the end where he says, you know, can I, is, does your high school need a substitute teacher? And Jack says, oh, yeah, we always have room for one more biker. And Irene's and I, really good in this episode. Yeah, she has yeah, some good she's words too. Hero of the day. Yeah, she's a lifesaver for Molly because Molly makes it's pretty selfish like decision to cancel a tour on behalf of all the crew. Mm-hmm. She didn't even talk to anyone, <laughs> and you yeah. can see how you know they're confused, mad, frustrated, and then Irene's they're like ready to lynch her as <laughs> soon as the curtain closes. Yeah, um, and I do agree that, you know, this is the first episode in a while where we really feel like the whole family is together and everybody gets a good moment. Carrie gets a good moment where he plays um, on Another World at the end and that little line about how I've been listening to your song since I was a kid. And how do the um, Molly Carrie shippers feel about that moment? We ignore it. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime there's a vaguely incestual kind of creepy subtext in that ship. You oh, just gloss over it. Okay. That part. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's a solid episode, uh, you know, for essentially being a clip show, they found a really clever way around that and not to not make it feel cheap, not fit, make it feel like a blatant filler episode to make it integral integral to the season arc. And I respect that a lot. You know, lesser shows would not have done that. And so weird season three did not do that for their clip show. So (laughs) I loved it. And I love being able to see Rick at the end with Molly. And then at the end when he's walking away, Um, I feel like I've never thought of this before, but you know how he's walking away and looks back at them. Like, could that be his approval of Molly's decision to like 
keep them safe in a way. I mean, I viewed it as that way at some point, but didn't John Cooksey say that Molly was just imagining he was yeah. there? So maybe she's just imagining that he would be happy with what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes is when she's singing the part of the, another world where it gets the duet and it fades out from her face to focus on her and Rick singing along there with her. And you know, Nick Rick's not really there. The fact that she's clearly imagining his voice, imagining him standing right there singing it with her. Oh, it's such a hauntingly beautiful moment. I love it. Yeah, and it's a moment that they probably shouldn't have been able to get away with. I mean, on paper, oh, Ghost Dad comes up on stage and sings with them. It sounds really sappy and on the nose. <laughs> but in execution, it's actually a rather effective moment. Yeah, um, from the FAQ... Uh, they asked the question, how did you choose the songs? And um, John Cooksey said, I chose songs we hadn't done recently or that we'd never seen Molly perform. Uh, we actually cut a song from the final episode because it was too long. I think it was The Rock, which we'd seen not too long before in Banshee anyway. The idea of Molly closing her eyes and imagining Rick singing a duet with her on Another World evolved a bit later. That actually came from something that happened a few years before when we were doing the voice recording sessions for the Rugrats Mother's Day special. Of all things. <laughs> Kim Kim Cattrall, who is now on Sex and the City, had already recorded the poem as Chucky's mom, and Michael Bell was recording the same poem as Chucky's dad. The thought was to crossfade the two voices so you wouldn't hear them at the same time, but the director suggested we hear Chucky's parents reading the poem together. A sort of spiritual reunion. We brought up <laughs> we brought up the two voices together and everyone in the recording booth started to cry. So I thought we might try a version of the same thing with Another World. We already had Rick's vocal to the song uh, for the bit of the song Heard in Fall. We blended that vocal with Mackenzie's. Wow. So there is the Rugrats So Weird connection I know you've all been dying to know about. Oh, I knew about it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> So it's so sweet. And I didn't know that Kim Cattrall vo voiced Chucky's mom. Oh, anyway. Yeah, we all heard your squee a few minutes ago. In the <laughs> that was very cute. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I just think it's cool that they put so much thought into that, um, you know, the scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Another World is pretty interesting lyrically. I mean, I've always sort of, I've always felt it was one of the more cryptic, um, so weird songs, like in that first verse, I'm never sure who the girl he's singing about is meant to be, because from what we understand, Rick wrote this before he met Molly, right? Maybe? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think so. You guys are supposed to know this stuff. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so who is the girl who lives above the uh, grocery store? Like, like, what's it about, man? <laughs> All right. Well, all right. No, no answers for that uh, piece of lore there. All right. <laughs> no. I have all the answers. I feel like there is, but I don't remember. <laughs> but also, I like that you mentioned that this is a very cryptic song, and there's a lot of meaning behind it. Another one of my favorite shots is during this song, where Molly sings the lyric, uh, "We all have our parts to play, and I am playing mine." And it fades to Jack with his hand on Fiona's shoulder. And I always feel like that part's alluding to Jack's role as a knight protecting Faye. You know, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and, you know, Larry Sugar is credited with directing this episode. He doesn't have too many other directorial credits, not a lot, mostly producer. But I really feel like whoever edited this uh, deserves a lot of props. Like, they really made this come together. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Um, and do we want to talk about some of the music? Like, obviously, this is a music-heavy show. This episode in particular is very music-heavy. And do we want to just give some of our general So Weird music-related thoughts? Like, favorite songs, what have you? Okay. I have song meanings and all that ready. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can talk about our favorites from season one and two, which we still haven't heard one song, which is Love is Broken. Which is one of my favorites. And, yeah. and you know, something with the show is the lyrics are not always great. Like, sometimes they're a little, I don't know, heavy-handed, maybe a little... Um, rot overwrought but and you could definitely leverage that criticism towards love is broken but that one always just gets to me it always makes me a little you know gives me the feels as the kids say because <laughs> it is sort of i mean it's a heavy stuff for a kid show it's a song about hey you know everything you love will be taken away like to love is to lose and that is just kind of a pretty heavy thing to have on a fucking disney channel show but yeah, that's so weird, man. They didn't give a shit. They were hardcore. Yeah. And to think that that song was originally going to play over the ending where Brick gets thrown back to hell or whatever. It's oh, just, yeah. It's amazing to me because it ended up being kind of a positive ending, but the song itself is so sad. Yeah, wow. and for so many years, I heard the version of that, the rips that were on YouTube. Before the studio versions leaked, all we had were the cuts from the show and all the sound effects and dialogue are in there to the point where when I heard this, the clean studio version, I was sort of like, oh, well, I sort of missed the laser sound effects here or <laughs> Fiona yelling. You know, it's not quite as good without those. <laughs> oh, even when I listen to the clean version, my head just automatically fills in the blanks because I've listened to it so many times. <laughs> yeah. Same with The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, a, The Rock, another one of my faves that is not in this episode. I really, really love that song, man. When we talked about Banshee, I talked about how that was, that and Rebecca were two of the songs that really stuck with me over the years. I do like The Rock, but I have to say, I don't like the studio version as much as the version in the episode. I think it's because at the beginning of the song, uh, like in the episode, it's just Molly kind of singing. Uh, without any music, I guess, acapella. And then, you know, it, it the song fades in. But in, in the studio version, it sounds, I don't know, it just doesn't sound right to have music playing while she's singing at the beginning. Yeah, we have that Celtic Thunder backing track from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Um, Although I'm very grateful to have the studio versions. Oh, yeah, so much. And, you know, in this episode, we hear, like, uh, More Than a River is great. I mean, that's... You know, that one is my favorite. Yeah, very powerful song. I really love the piano studio version, though. That's so beautiful. Yeah, I like, prefer all the that emotion one. behind the song. Oh, it's definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, the song meaning for that one, um, Cooksey says, uh, that one came from a thought he had in the middle of the night. I started with the chorus, a general emotional statement, really, then added in the verses, which were very specific to Molly's backstory. In fact, it was really exciting for everyone on the show when we finally showed The House in the Mountains in Medium. It's everyone's favorite song on the show that I know of. It sounds like a love song, but of course, it's Molly singing to Rick, missing him, but knowing he'd want her to move on. Awesomely beautiful. 
Yeah, that one that one ranks highly for me as well. I, you know, ashamedly do not have a pre-prepared list of my top 10 favorite so weird songs here in front of me, but uh that would probably be in the top 5, I think. I love that yeah. one. It really is so hard to pick though. Cuz I know like I have my so weird playlist in my car and like I think about it sometimes and I'm like I can't pick a favorite cuz there are so many good songs from the show. Well, you know, when I uh, put to, I actually, you know, I don't have an MP3 player in my vehicle. I still have a CD player. So I got to burn stuff to physical disc, which I know makes me a dinosaur. But uh, mm-hmm. there are not quite enough So Weird songs to fill out a whole disc on its own. So I had to, like, throw in some Season 3 stuff or throw in, mm-hmm. you know, the fucking Moffats and Shadaisy. And just to get it to, like, a decent length to get about an hour of music. Um, which was, you know, obviously a huge cross for me to bear. And uh, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> you throw in all the Rick's themes? Uh, yeah, Rick's theme is on there. The Panther theme is on there. A couple other bits <laughs> of So Weird music that have leaked out. The Star Dot Star jingle, you know. Yeah, it's hard to pick a favorite. It's either Rebecca, Another World, or Love is Broken for me. Uh, or The Rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those are my favorites. <laughs> Um, for me, it's Rebecca clearly is my favorite because I can still listen to that song sometimes and cry just seriously. And none of the other songs do that for me. So it's got to be my favorite. Um, and then I also really like Love is Broken. And uh, believe it or not, I'm going to go with Origami as my number three. I just, the songs, what is, what does the guy in Vampire say? That song cooks. Yeah. Cooks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the really kids. Fun. A very common <laughs> phrase that the children are using. You know. Yeah, oh, it's just fun to listen to, but they all are. Um, you know, there there isn't really one that I hate. Not from seasons one and two. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's. I think honestly, my least favorite song is "Another World" um, because I think I talked about this before, but like the music itself is it kind of puts me to sleep. What? <laughs> I know the lyrics and like the the melody of the actual singing is beautiful, but the background, like the rhythm, is so boring. But like the, like the verses, I yeah. guess. No, it's like the the piano kind of in the background. It's the same. I don't know. It just <laughs> I tune into the that kind of thing. I guess so. That's a song that, as it goes on, it gets better for me. I mean, by the time you hit the bridge and the the lion heel beside you part, that always uh, kicks <laughs> yeah. it up for me. I love the bridge that we heard in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we haven't talked about In the Darkness, which, you know, we hear every time we watch an episode of So Weird. And I've always sort of wondered, I've heard two theories about the, the secret origins of that song, how it's either <laughs> meant to be about Molly's alcoholism, which is, you know, kind of tier two canon because it never got acknowledged on the show itself. Um, or I've also heard that it's sort of meant to be symbolic of what Fiona's journey throughout the whole series would be. I read that in a YouTube comment once, probably <laughs> from one of you guys. <laughs> so, it, yeah, it's both of that. Okay. Um, yeah, he says, I knew Molly's backstory fully before we even started the series. In my mind, Molly was a recovering alcoholic, which would have been discussed in an episode called Chrysalis, and that gave rise to the 12-step-oriented lyrics in In the Darkness. It continues a habit of using light-dark imagery, not simply paralleling with dark with evil, darkness and pain are the things we have to face up to to get where we're going, and Molly had certainly had her share 
something about her past, exercising them by working the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, especially the fifth step. Beyond that, it was a premonition of what Fee would have to go through, which is hell, to bring Rick back from the afterlife. So what you're saying is I was right on both counts. I love that. Oh, that's the best <laughs> feeling in the world. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> What she's also saying is that this show would have been so much better if Disney had just let them do what they had wanted. <laughs> like, yep. It kills me so much. Like, all these years later, thinking about what could have been. <sighs> well, you know, we've only got, what, four episodes, four or three episodes left in season two. So you will be hearing a lot about that in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, just continuing. Uh, it in the darkness were to be a prescient vision by Molly of what Fee would literally have to go through, demons, etc. Um, like we, we said before, Fee would have to go to hell to bring her father back into our dimension. That was the reason to keep Molly from ever getting together with any other man. Perhaps she was uh, prescient about that too, somehow knowing deep inside she'd see her husband again. Mm. Okay. And um, I, I want to follow up on what Emily said. You know, of the season two songs, season one and two songs, Origami probably is my least favorite, but it's not a knock against that one. It's a funky little song. I do enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But it's probably the least essential, I think, of what we hear. I mean, assuming, you know, I mean, like, can we count The Land of the Free, which is a 30-second clip? It's not even really a whole <laughs> song. But, uh, yeah, but it has a very Springsteen-ish vibe to it, I think. And I wish we had more to that song. I do too. I think that would be the uh, born in the USA of the Kane Phillips band oeuvre, hopefully <laughs> extending to being misused by some uh, presidential candidate along the way as well. <laughs> you know, we haven't mentioned new math, so I guess I'd say I think that one may be a little underappreciated. Oh, yeah, that one's not bad. That one's good. Yeah, I like that one. I think origami would be my least favorite too, but I still like it. <sighs> Agreed. I like that new map. I feel like the chorus of it is so overplayed in the show, but I really love the lyrics that Disney refused to let them show. Uh, the parts that like deliberately allude to divorce. And lyrics like, oh, mommy still loves you, daddy still loves you. Now instead of one home, you'll have two. Man, Disney always laying the panhammer on the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I guess that I, have, I believe we've mentioned like pretty much all the major so weird canon songs huh they did that cover of last night blues but i i'm not sure if that counts yeah, we're, we're, oh. yeah okay that's everybody's least favorite right nobody nobody actually <laughs> yeah. likes that no right? no <laughs> no it's our least favorite that we don't even think of it when thinking of our least favorite because <laughs> it's just generally accepted no and there's also questions by oh callie whatever yeah, that, name is that's a good song i'm not I you like know yeah that's on yeah. the CD as well. Um, music is obviously a really important part of the show, and I thought it was so great that the producers, the showrunners, gave the songs a spotlight with this episode. And now knowing that they cut a song, I wish we had seen all of it. I mean, you know, God forbid, if if I could travel back in time to 2003 when TV on DVD was becoming a big deal again and badger somebody at Disney to release the show on home media, that would have been a deleted scene somewhere. I'm sure it's buried in the Disney vault somewhere underneath of the, you know, original cut of Mr. Boogity two and all of those. That's so Raven commercial bumpers somewhere in the Disney vault. It drives me crazy though, because like when Lizzie McGuire came out, they got so many like VHS or DVD releases 
of like volumes, like collections of episodes so badly. I wish So Weird would have gotten at least one of those. And I really wish they would have done more merch wise where like they could have totally made a Molly Phillips concert experience video. <laughs> but I think Lucy McGuire was just the like starting point or so of them doing all that type of stuff and all the shows before it never really got merch. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess Flash Forward and things of that nature have never been released on home media either, the Jersey shows like that. But, um, you know, I, I definitely feel like at the very least we should have gotten a soundtrack release. I mean, good God, that's the very least we should have gotten. <laughs> Alas. Forget all right, so <laughs> are we <laughs> Are we all wrapped up on this? Are we got everything we need to say? Well, I just realized I actually had something in bold in my notes that I didn't mention. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so in the opening monologue, uh, Molly says, like, we see a shot of Rick and Molly performing together, which we haven't seen before, but we will see again um, when they were in the PKB. But um, she says performing with him was like being one person, which I thought was interesting. I didn't really pay attention to it until this time around. It's kind of hinting at what's to come when we see Rick and Molly, Molly performing together on stage, but it's really just her. Ooh, yeah. Some nice foreshadowing there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, was it Kathy who made that nice uh, observation with the screenshot from family reunion? Yeah. In the show, I always notice that Fee is wearing a uh, like over large brown jacket. And um, for some reason, I always thought it was clues. I don't know why, but uh, in this episode, it's paying attention and uh yeah i noticed rick was wearing a brown jacket and i was like is that the same one so i was trying to look back i remember the first episode family reunion um she was wearing that so i was trying to compare it with qualities bad on the first episode but yeah i think it is which is really cool that no one's ever brought up if it is the same jacket do we know for certain because if she is wearing the same jacket that is really great but at the same time this strikes me as the kind of thing you know we we corner john cooksey and in his kitchen and we threaten <laughs> to beat him up and say is it the same jacket and he would go uh yeah sure we totally did that on purpose no i think it is because it's it's over large like you can you can never really see her hands and the pockets are in the same places the pockets the same the collar's the same the buttons are the same so it's the same i believe i believe so I, I choose to believe that. Yes. <laughs> Get the, uh, the, the X files poster in there. I want to believe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that gave me all the feels. <laughs> all right. So are we ready for ratings on encore? Sure. Okay. I give this one uh, a seven out of 10. I feel like that is the right place for it to be. Yeah. I'd give it an eight out of 10 and just points off, I guess, cause you know, they didn't do much and it was a clip show. So I can't really give it a 10 out of 10, but 8 out of 10. I'll give it a 9 out of 10 just because I really love the emotional content that is there. And I'm really impressed about how this plot, the plot of this episode is so important to the series, even though it is, at the heart of it, a cheap clip show. Uh, yeah. I think when I, you know, first rewatched this episode, I was like, oh my god, this episode is so boring. But now I would probably give it two thumbs up, simply because this is the closest thing to an actual Molly Phillips concert we'll ever see. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, uh, but I will say, one thing that annoys me about this episode is all the shots of the crowd and they all look so bored <laughs> now that you tell me that it took three days to film this episode i guess i understand why 
well, these are probably just some uh, extras Disney pulled in off of Lord knows where, you know, they're <laughs> in uh, Vancouver or wherever they were shooting. Yeah. Uh, okay, so do we have any feedback this week or anything of that nature? Yep, starting on our forum from Levy. Um, he says, or he asks, do you guys still plan on doing the podcast for the season three episodes as well? Thanks for taking the time to make them as well. It's so cool that the fandom is still alive. Well, I think we all have a resounding answer to that question. Unfortunately. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, we will be definitely doing the season three episodes as much as it will hurt us. Yeah, um, definitely. I'm not sure how we're going to do it exactly, but uh, we do plan on like switching hosts every now and then because we're all extremely biased against Annie. <laughs> and you know there are really big so weird fans that like season three so you know we i really want to hear their perspective as well and i don't want it to be a bash fest yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah i'm really gonna have to watch out for that <laughs> yeah i think it's something we'll all have a because I, I know all of us have a lot of uh mostly negative feelings about season three but uh yes that is the plan I think we should take Lightning Rod as an opportunity to completely bash everything that the show becomes. And then after that, kind of just move Do we on want to put out a four-hour episode? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, guys. Yep. Okay. And this is from Jimmy on YouTube. On Rosro, he says that he never caught the reference to Grandpa Will, which I think Emily had brought up. And then on our Destiny episode he says love the rune discussion yeah i was thinking that brickrew wasn't uh maybe isn't as evil as he might seem which we had talked about um yeah always you know down for a good rune talk there definitely <laughs> this is from and is that not to interrupt you but is that jimmy that occasional co-host jimmy yes yeah. oh okay well we'll probably be seeing more of him going into season three hopefully so yes definitely yeah um this is from dealing in fiction on our banshee episode they ask, so it's obvious that Molly, Jack, and Fee's ancestry are that of witches, right? I am just making sure because the only time I have heard this possibility is in fan fictions. Uh, well, I'm sure you guys have the officially cited document that proves this somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In Strangeling, I think it is, where Fiona says that riches, witches run her family, and then Molly says, oh, the only thing that runs in this family is noses. But we all know Fiona was onto something. <laughs> yeah, and then Grandma Kathleen talks about it. But um, for sure, uh, you know, according to John Hixie, uh Molly is a witch. And then I was reading in, like an interesting thing that he said. How you know something that he had made up, like back then, Molly when she was younger, like she knew that she either was a witch or had powers or something. So she tried to suppress it. And, like, her being a friend of Rebecca was, like, you know, a clue of her being kind of, like, attracted to these weird things as well. So that is what we in the uh, TV Tropes community would call word of God on that one. So. Yep. <laughs> okay. And this is from Wisdom on our Destiny episode. They said, I think Brickrew was taunting Fee. From what I remember, there's a lyric that says, a creature in my body lies. Also, when will we learn not to trust demonic fireflies? <laughs> Fortunately, uh, not until after lightning rod. <laughs> um, though, not to be this kind of person, but is it the lyric, a creature in, there in darkness lies, actually how it goes? 
Oh, no, the Brie Crew version of In the oh. Darkness. Oh, oh, excuse me. Okay, I'm sorry. I, all right, <laughs> just ignore me. Ignore me! Um. <laughs> this is from Andrea on our... Yeah, for Roswell, she said uh, she liked hearing the theories behind Molly's dream of Rick in this review. And that she remembered that that part always confused her. And personally, her best guess is that her dream is probably a sign from Rick revealing the truth to her that Andrew's mental challenges are tied to the existence of alien life. Um, the scene probably also goes to show that Rick investigated aliens in his paranormal hunts, which is true. And then speaking of Roswell, if any of you ever do go out there, I would recommend attending the annual Roswell UFO Festival. Whether you believe aliens or not, it is interesting to hear what a UFO ologists have to say at their panels watch documentaries at the planetarium about abductees and the possibility of extraterrestrial intelligence and to participate in the festivities such as the costume contest parade the marathons and so on roswell is very is a very clean little town and in my experience i encountered a lot of very nice people when i was out there in 2016 and then for destiny she said I'm glad to know that I was not the only one who was slightly confused by Brooker's true intentions in this episode. If he really didn't want Fee to find out about her father's death, then it seems he didn't have to appear at all. And I uh, cannot wait to hear your thoughts on Encore. It's such a wonderful episode for so many reasons. Molly opens up the episode with her monologue. She mentions a happier time in her youth that suggests that she and her father used to get along before things between them became sour. And second, I love that the show consists of flashbacks from earlier episodes because it was a great way, to, great way to prepare the audience for the fact that season two is coming to an end and that the main arc is about to be wrapped up. Wrapped um, up. Uh, <laughs> I think Mackenzie's performance is amazing in this episode because while she keeps herself together for her audience, you can clearly see the painful emotions on her face when she sings More Like a River and Another World. And I also love it when she says, Jack, you know, I love all this, but not as much as I love you guys. Another one of Molly's A-plus parenting moments. Oh, that is a good one. I forgot about that part. Yeah. yeah. And then there is a touching moment when the kids listen to Molly sing Another World. Jack puts his hand on Fiona, Fiona's shoulder, his way of si silently showing that even though he gets frustrated with her sometimes, he really does feel her pain over their father's absence. Well, thank you once again to Andrea, our secret fifth host who uh, <laughs> has a, a mirror into all of our brains, apparently. <laughs> and thank you to everybody who gives feedback. Yeah. Uh, unless, is there more? <laughs> oh, yeah, one more. Okay. But, oh, uh, okay. Replying to Andrea, um, I do want to go to Roswell just to see the decorations of all the alien. Oh, yeah, that sounds <laughs> amazing. I'm insanely jealous that she got to do that. <laughs> and then this is from Lauren. She says, it's been a minute since I left a comment for you all. I'm still listening, and I'm still enjoying your deep analysis on each of the episodes. If you don't mind, I want to pose a question for you all. There's oh no right or wrong answer. I just want to hear what you think. Why do you think Disney hasn't made So Weird available for home distribution or streaming platforms like Netflix or Hulu? Uh. Well, I think we've talked about this before, and... I'll just say that the reason I think Disney has not released the show on digital or anything like that is because uh, they probably don't even remember it that well. Um, they probably, if, if they do remember it, they probably don't think there'd be any money in releasing it. And um, I don't think Disney is really focused on stuff from the past that much. They have a very youthful skewing audience and they probably think anything that's older than 10 years old is not worth pursuing, even though we know they're wrong. 
I'd agree with that, and I'd also add on that So Weird was from a different era of Disney Channel. And like we were talking about earlier, the new era really started with Lizzie McGuire. So I think it's very unlikely that Disney will ever release anything from before that era, from before Disney became basic cable available to everybody. Because in that era, like they were playing drama, and now it's all about that comedy. So they kind of want to distance themselves away from that. Yeah. Yep. Um, though, you know, as we've said before, the, uh, the upcoming Disney streaming platform is our best shot. Uh, but even then, it is like, you know, like throwing a pickle into a hallway. I, I just don't know, guys. But, you know, don't, don't never, never give up, never surrender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious, though. If, I mean, if we think it's our best shot, I don't know what we could do to actually make Disney put the show on. The Start a letter writing campaign? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone has any ideas? Shoot them our way. I'd be happy to hear them. Yeah, let's do some. Uh, it's time for some game planning here. Uh, yeah, you guys pretty much said it. There's nothing really like, oh, they don't want the cast back or they hate the show. I think they just don't show their old stuff, and they don't have to. Yeah. Disney Channel is struggling. They just don't dig back into the well that far back. Yeah, no, I, I've heard that like Disney Channel is repeatedly beaten in the ratings by Nickelodeon. Like, which is and seems insane to me that Disney has such a iron grip on so much of American popular culture, but still they're struggling in the ratings. That's insane to me. Yeah, they're not following everyone else's footsteps of showing you know all their old shows, which a lot of channels networks do. Yeah, well, I mean, Nickelodeon has had a big success with catering to kind of a retro nostalgic market, and Disney has tried that occasionally, but not with this show because they hate us and they want us to suffer. <laughs> or they're apathetic to us. Yeah, they're really leaning more towards this day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, thank you to everybody who uh, you know. Every time we do a feedback corner, I always say thank you, thank you to everybody. But you know, definitely, as always, especially to the regular people who write in Andrea and wisdom folks of that nature. Thank you so much for sticking with the show. Yeah. We love hearing from everyone. Okay. Anything else we want to talk about before we wrap it up? Can't think of anything if it's happened. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Even vaguely related to so weird. <laughs> um, all right. Well, in that case, I guess we're done. Uh, thank you so much for listening. This has been the so weird podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Kathy. I'm Emily. And I'm Kat. And, um, Keep listening and keep the faith. Bye. And we don't do encores. Have made more. Got little diamonds in her ears. She's got coal in her eyes. It's been night so long now. She doesn't think the sun will rise. She asks, Is this all there is? ever end There must be a better place Looking for another world I'm not sure we should I'm not sure salvation lies there There is bad as well as good
wanted to believe the dreams he held so dear swam against the tide, but he was drowning in his fear. Out on the lost horizon, the gold kept shrinking down in size. It's been that so long now. It doesn't think the sun will rise And he says this can't be all there is There must be something more There must be a better One day